got no audio. There you are. There we go. Go ahead. Start back over. Good evening, everyone. I hope you can hear me now. Um, we are so thankful that you have chosen to study God's Word with us here this evening. Uh, we hope and pray that uh, we can all learn something from God's Word. We can apply it to our lives, become better equipped to serve Him. As always, if you have any questions or comments, we encourage you to reach out to the Boonwood Church of Christ, and we will get you in touch with one of the ministers or the elders or deacons to, helpfully, or to hopefully help you to study God's Word. Before we get started tonight, I would ask that you would bow with me as we go to God in prayer. Father, we're so very thankful for this evening, for this opportunity you've given us to, to open up your Word, Father. We pray, Lord, that you will give us the wisdom to speak where your Bible speaks and to be silent where your Word is silent, Father. Lord, we are so thankful for all the blessings of life, all the physical blessings, but especially, Father, for all the spiritual blessings we have through your precious Son. We pray, Lord, you would be with those who are hurting, those who are dealing with sickness, those who are dealing with the loss of a loved one, Father. We pray that you would comfort them and strengthen them in a way that only you can. Father, please go with us to the rest of this Bible study this evening and on through the rest of our lives. In the end, Father, we pray that you would give us a home in heaven with you. We love you, Father. Please forgive us for we fail you. In Christ's name, amen. This evening, I will tell you that we are a little shorthanded. Uh, I want to look to my left, but Brother Guy Gardner is not here this evening. He uh, is on vacation. I would try to give him a hard time about that, but Lord willing, next week I'll be doing the same thing. So I hope him and his family are having a wonderful vacation. We do miss him, but me and Brother Jeremy Jones, who is always him and Brant, does do such a wonderful job with technology. We'll do our best to try to keep it between the ditches this evening. Last week, we talked about love confused or unbelief then we also talked about some of the issues that cause this unbelief because when God created us he has our minds and he created our minds to where it is literally natural for us to want to believe in God as we look at our creation around us we we have faith that there was some uh, someone who created us uh, a designer of all these things but some of the things that cause unbelief one of those things was selfishness uh, one of those things was a darkened mind. A mind without belief in God is dark. Thankfully, we have the truth that can shed light on a darkened mind because the truth is like a light. Also, we studied last week how truth is like an armor. In Ephesians chapter 6, we read about the things we can use to uh, help to defend ourselves against the schemes of the wiles of the devil. We use our faith, we use the gospel. We use righteous living. We use that salvation. We also use God's Word. And we finished last week talking about the greatest truth. It's a truth that sometimes we struggle with. God loves us, even when we're unlovable. But when we always realize how much God loves us, that gives us the encouragement and the strength to never give up. But this week, we start a new section. We finished up the loving mind last week, and this week we start the section of the loving choice. Each and every day of our lives, we, we make decisions. We have choices to make. Each morning, my alarm goes off at 5 o'clock. Most of the time, I do not want to get up, but I choose to because it's my responsibility to go into work so I can provide for my wife and my children. But we have choices, and with those choices, 
there are consequences. The first section, or the first chapter of this section of the loving choice is love redirected or repentance. I like how Brother Johnson uh, uses this because that's what we re understand repentance is. Repentance is not simply uh, saying I'm sorry for what I'm doing. Repentance is literally changing our lives, doing a 180, deciding to follow God instead of the world. Repentance, you see, completes faith. In James chapter 2, uh, a passage that many of us are very familiar with, we read where faith without action is useless and dead. You see, true faith in God leads us to repentance. It leads us to turn our life to Him and turn our life around. One of the things, or one of the many things that repentance requires is resolve. Resolve or determination to do something. True repentance requires effort. In Mark chapter 1, verses 23 through 24, we read, read here of a, of a faith that has no action. Starting in verse 23, it says, And immediately there was in, this, in this, their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. I love this passage. First of all, I see the unclean spirits and they fascinate me. I, don't ask me to, to describe the details about unclean spirits or demons, but I know they exist. But the one thing that amazes me here is, although they were powerful enough to overtake this man, when they come in the presence of Jesus Christ, they had fear. They recognized he was from God. They had even, I can say, they had faith. They believed who Christ was. But their faith was not one that was strong enough for them to obey or concede to God's will. Sometimes I'm afraid many of us are kind of like the demons. You see, we believe in him, but we do not love him enough to concede to his will, to follow his, his word that we find in his Bible. EMTs or those who uh, drive around in the ambulances and, and try to come rescue those, those who are hurting or sick, sometimes they have the ability to revive those who are in cardiac arrest. Maybe their heart stopped. And they can do this without even the victim asking for the help. If someone's had a heart attack, if their heart's not beating, they do not have the ability to, to look at the EMT and say, please, if you don't mind, reach over there and get those electric paddles and Put them on me and see if you can get my ticker to working again. They can't do that, but the EMT does it anyway. We see it's not that way with repentance. No one can repent for us. We have to do it ourselves. Tonight, if I asked you to, to write down a list of those that you wish you could force to come back to God, to for, if, if we had the ability to, to physically manhandle someone into repentance, wouldn't that be nice? We could get some of the larger men of our congregation and send them throughout the community and drag them into church and force them to, to repent. But it doesn't work like that. Repentance is on us. We're the only ones who can do it. Repentance is always a matter of, it's a matter of life and death. You see, failure to repent causes the death of a soul. 
When we lose a loved one in this life, it's very sad. But do we truly understand that what's even worse is when someone loses their soul? To live again, we must allow ourselves to die. This brings to mind or makes me think about Romans chapter 6. If you would read along with me, starting in verse 1 of Romans chapter 6. What shall we say 